Thanks for listening to the Gateway Live podcast, a collection of recent sermons, teaching, and inspirational content brought to you by Gateway Church of Upstate New York. Visit our website at gatewaylive.org for more information. Now, here's today's message. I want to try to preach something this morning that's relevant, and uh, and I'm going to be reading from Revelations chapter 17. I love the idea. I, lo- I love, you know, when God speaks a word um, in what Danny was talking about today. If you don't, if you don't recognize the, the, the small things in life that God is doing, it's going to be, it, it doesn't, you know, God's done some great things, some big things in my life. Um, but, but it comes from the constant uh, understanding that he is there every single day. That, that he is constantly there. If you're waiting for the big event, man, you know, uh, you're missing out on, on everyday uh, 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 ability for you to thank God for the, just his provision in every moment. Come on, he's been here. He's been there for you. And he's there now. And, and yeah, every once in a while something big happens and he shows up, but I don't have to wait until the big thing happens for me to be thankful. And so I just appreciate the idea. You, you need to keep, keep a look at your shoes because there's parts of your life that the soles of your shoes, they're not wearing out. It's a little thing. But man, oh man, it's God's absolute provision. And so you got to look around. What is it in your life that God's constantly, he's constantly there for you? So here's what I have this morning. Revelation chapter 17 in verse number 14, and, and I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what I spoke last week about being a disciple. I take it very serious, the responsibility to uh, uh, make disciples. That was the commandment. He said, make disciples of all men. So, so our Bible studies, our, our uh, um, uh, teaching, our prayer meetings, our home groups, you know, if you're not in a home group, you should be. It's, it's just good. It's good to be a part of that. If, if you're um, this meeting afterwards about all you home group leaders, it's not just for the leaders. If you want to know what we're doing in home groups, come, come out and see if you think you want to lead a group. You know, we want to just be there to encourage you and encourage the fellowship amongst us. But that's, that discipleship happens in our home group. It happens. And you say, well, am I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, am I a disciple? And uh, uh, the question is, you know, are you pursuing, are you pursuing him? Right? So here, here's what it says in Revelation chapter 17, verse number 14. And this is talking about the end days, all the, the calamity that's going on. And they'll make... Uh, these will make war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will conquer them because He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He is going to end the end of it all, conquer. Okay? If you think the Lord is kind of uh, afraid about what's going on out there, He's not. Okay? He knows exactly what's going on. Uh, he, there's no anxiety there. In the end, He is going to conquer. 
And it, but it goes on like this. It says, uh, let's see, but the Lamb will conquer them because he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Those with him are called, chosen, and faithful. At the end of the day, if you're going to be with him, uh, uh, conquering in the kingdom that he is setting up, uh, the Scripture says those that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. The reality of it is, if you're a, dis- a disciple of Jesus, it's the same thing in my ministry in the 30 years, whatever it is, um, I can't take credit for being called. Right? You did not choose him. He chose you. You sit here today. You say, well, I don't know if he chose me. I promise you, you wouldn't be here today. You would think that this thing is ridiculous. You don't, there are people that believe this thing, believe faith in God and, and the idea of creation, the understanding, the truth of it. There's people that think that's ridiculous. Why? Because they're not called. But to me, one of the greatest things in my life and, and what I'm thankful for is he's called me. He called me. And, and for you to acknowledge that, it's not like, well, I'm going to, you know, try to, um, as if we're per- pursuing some career, you know, uh, uh, you know, do good at this. Man, he, if he's called you, you're destined to it, right? It, it becomes your destiny. And so uh, being called is there and being chosen is part of that. God, for whatever reason, choosing you to be a part of this assembly and putting you in a very specific place, uh, uh, creating that divine uh, connection where you meet people at the right time. There's some of you here that uh, you might think we met by chance, but there's no chance involved in that. We, we can go back to the moment and say, okay, well, we, we intersected in time, but that was a God thing. Why? Because you're chosen. But what remains for us is for us to be faithful. You can be called, and you can be chosen, and you can be unfaithful. True or not true? You know, we, we sing a song. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold him down. And, 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 and I love the song because it is absolutely true. The, Jesus, when he cried out, it is finished, and he paid the price for all mankind, the enemy was absolutely crushed. His dominion was crushed. Jesus, in some place, I don't even know where, went down, put his hands out and said, give me the keys. And Jesus holds today the keys of death, hell, and the grave. See, Adam gave them up back in the garden, but Jesus comes along, and when it was all done, he said, give me the keys. And him having that dominion is exciting, and and the enemy being defeated is exciting, but i got to tell you, the enemy has to be defeated in your life. Otherwise, we, we, we live and walk in fear. We lo- walk in, in, in anxiety and unbelief. We walk thinking that, that uh, nobody cares about us. And all the while, you're letting the enemy whisper things into your ear that you ought not listen to. 
Why? Because I'm called of God. He chose me. And it remains for me to be faithful, not unbelieving, but filled with faith that God has got my, he's got my back. The question is, does he have your back? And man, oh man, you better be shaking your head yes, because he's called you. And, and, and allowing him to, to be there and, and, and uh, uh, learn of him. And be faithful in that is to walk in a place of, of, of confidence and belief. He is not afraid of your sin. He's not afraid of your past. You, you're, you're, I don't care what it is that's been in your past. I'm telling you that he's already taken care of that. He has. And for, you, know, for you to be chosen um, and what happens is, uh, in uh, called and then chosen, what happens is we want to deserve that calling. We want to be worthy of it, right? We want to, I'm going to prove to you, God, that I, you know, that I can do this. Well, he chose you just because he loves you. Not because you're worthy of it. And you will live in a lifetime trying to, to prove that you're going to do it. And, and, and people get so mess, messed up thinking that they can achieve some kind of spiritual life by, by being good. And you can't. You achieve spiritual life and excel in it by faith. By faith in His absolute complete forgiveness by faith in his uh, 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 will in your life that he's chosen you and then uh, that he's called you that you're chosen and that faithfulness is born out of understanding those things this is not something that you can just learn about he chose us and it remains for us to be faithful so here's how, here's the progression of discipleship. And I, and I told you I was going to uh, tell you this again and again, and I'm, I'm just going to, you know, be as um, gentle as possible. Okay? You know me. Uh, but if you have not been baptized, um, uh, you need to be. Okay? And that's not just the preacher just, you know, banging a drum. That's what Jesus said. He did. All right, so here's the progression of discipleship. Lord, you know what? I, I, I recognize your goodness. He, he calls you. How many remember when being called of God? Man, oh, man, it was a process of time. He did some incredible things in my life. I didn't even know it was him. And then, and then all of a sudden, I've, I felt that call. I felt his uh, you know, that prick in my heart. And, and, and anyway, then he revealed himself to me. And, uh, but the, th that's an incredible thing. And if you're in that time when you're, you know, feeling all of that call of God and being chosen, it is your responsibility, yours, okay? It's my responsibility to preach it, but then it's yours to do it, right? Being baptized is something Jesus absolutely said needs to be done. 
I don't believe it's an outward sign of an inward work. I believe it is a spiritual circumcision that takes place. It cuts away the body, the, the sins of the flesh. It literally, we are the, 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 the dead man that we repent of, that, that life that we lived, we bury that with Christ. You cannot be a disciple carrying around your past. You just can't do it. And when you go down in a watery grave in the name of Jesus, the Bible says the body of sin is destroyed. That's incredible. That's no, that's no outward sign of an inward work. That's a spiritual operation that takes place that separates you from the condemnation of your past. If you've been baptized and you're living in condemnation, you don't understand what happened. You need to understand what happened. When I went down and when I was buried with Christ, he took care of my past, my present, and my future. I live right now justified. I live right now complete. I am whole in him. I am absolutely sinless. Wow, you think you're somebody. No, I think the cross is something. I think the power of his blood is enough. Man, oh man, and I'm telling you what, that is freedom. Not freedom to sin, but freedom from sin. When sin enters or, or somehow you're tripped up, you get up and you say, nope. I'm not making a home for it. I'm going to walk in your forgiveness right now. I'm going to confess it, and I'm going to leave it there. That's being a disciple. But I'm telling you what, it starts with being, well, understand, it starts with a faith towards God. I believe we're saved by faith. But this isn't just about you making it. This is about you being what you're called to. How many want to be what God's called you to be? If he's, if he's called you and you're chosen, I was chosen. Imagine, imagine. And again, who knows? But what if I wasn't faithful with my life? Whose lives would have that affected? Quite a few. I'm not, I'm just, hey, I'm just preaching. It's me. I don't, but, you know, well, if I don't do it, what, how about if I didn't do it? How about if you don't do what God's called you to do? what he's chosen you to do. Will that affect people's lives? You've got to take some personal responsibility here. Not, not in fear, but just the, the weight of, uh, uh, of being a disciple, the responsibility of it. It's not just to save your skin from hell. Okay? Ooh. I'm not trying to be harsh. I just, come on, man. What, what God wants to do with us is amazing. It's amazing. And it starts, it starts understanding your call, understanding the power of the cross. You're chosen. You're not good enough for it. He just, he's that good. He qualifies you. And, and so, so with that, okay, Lord, I am going to be faithful. And I am here to tell you one of the first steps of your faithfulness is to be baptized. Okay. I mean, 
one of the first. We're, we're talking about in the Bible study. Repentance, you can't do that without repentance. In other words, what, what have I got to do? So, so here's what happened. I know it's lengthy, but follow with me, and I'll try to do it as quick as I can. And this is in um, Acts chapter 8. Here's what happens. This is uh, Philip, and I'm just going to kind of peruse it if you can keep up with me because it is a lengthy portion of Scripture. Philip was in Samaria in Acts chapter 8, and man, oh man, they had revival. People were getting baptized. People were getting filled with the Spirit. It was just the whole town was turned upside down. And uh, can you imagine, you know, in the old days when we used to have revival services, you know, you know, the, the evangelist, he'd always uh, double the amount of people that really showed up just because he wanted to thought that, that he was doing something good, you know. So when I, when I uh, exaggerate, I always say evangelistically speaking. I do that when I fish or deer hunt, but anyway. Uh, but Philip is an evangelist. Literally, he goes, he preaches the gospel, Samaria. The, you know, man, they hear the word, and it's like, whoa, revival all over the place. And can you imagine if you were there in the ministry, and things are happening all around you, and, and God says, hey, I need you to leave. Where am I going? He said, you're going to go out and reach one person in a desert. Hang on, man. Wait a minute, Lord, I got... You know, look what's going on. I just preached the gospel. They got, they heard it. They, they think I'm a somebody. I don't believe Philip thought that at all. He was just because he was called and chosen. He was being faithful with what God called him. And so this is what happened. He's leaving an incredible revival. And it, the Bible says the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that goes down to Jerusalem from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he, he got up, went there, and there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, a high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come in uh, to worship in Jerusalem, was sitting in a chariot on his way home, reading from the prophet Isaiah out loud. So there, God has called this man. God chose this man. And he used a man to bring him to a place of being faithful. Okay? You realize it's, upon, it's on us to preach the gospel? He doesn't use angels? He, you know, wouldn't that be more effective? You would think... If an angel stepped up here every Sunday morning to preach, that would get your attention. Those guys in the back wouldn't be sleeping. But Philip, Philip's, you know, God has this divine appointment for the preacher because he chose this Ethiopian. I'm going to tell you this. We get all freaked out. Oh, God, save this one, save that one. If somebody is called of God... All of hell couldn't stop it from him, them hearing the gospel. Oh, we get so nervous. Just chill. Do what you're called to do. Those of you that, are, that know that you're called, be faithful in it. But I'm telling you, God can make divine uh, uh, connections 
as he has in our lives. And he did here. The angel tells Philip to go. Uh, the Ethiopian's reading from Isaiah, a prophetic verse that I'm not even going to go too deep into here uh, but for the sake of time. When he gets all done, the, the Scripture says, for the, his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch uh, uh, replied to Philip, I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about himself or another person? He wanted to know uh, what the meaning of the Scripture. Sometimes a Scripture can be hard to be un understood, true or not true. Be careful who you listen to. Just, I'm not telling you that I need to be the only one you listen to, but be careful who you listen to. Scripture says, know them that labor among you. You know what I mean? There ought to be a relationship. If it's only podcasts, you don't know that person. And there might be some great podcasts, but you don't know that person. You know, it ought to be that we, you know, we're involved with one another's life. It's meant to be relational, not just informational. Okay. This, the gospel is relational. So, there's Philip is uh, at, just a, happened upon this man who's hungry for God, reading from the Scripture, and how that connection happened so quick. He said, who's he talking about? And uh, so Philip began, or so Philip proceeded to tell him about the good news about Jesus beginning from that Scripture. Old Testament prophecy. Now, I want you to look at this. He asks, what's going on? What's this about? Philip begins at that scripture to tell him about Jesus. Now, I got to tell you what. I don't know about your life, but I can talk about Jesus from any vantage point out there. I, I mean, I, you, you want to talk about, I don't care what you want to talk about. I can talk about, I, I'm, I'm going to work him into it. Why? Because he's just, he's all of that. And, and so Philip, get, you know, he, from that very scripture, he begins uh, to share with him the good news. What did he tell about Jesus? I guarantee you what the very first thing on, out of Philip's mouth is, the man died and he rose from the dead. You realize the power of the resurrection, how exciting that is? If you're not, if you are not, just, if it doesn't trip your trigger, your gun's not loaded. Seriously. Either we are stark raving mad, or we have a message that's absolutely amazing. This is amazing. So Philip begins at the very scripture that, hey, God manifests in flesh. Man, miracles happened in his life you know, and all of these things. And, and then he died for our sins, but death couldn't hold him down. I'm just assuming he's... When you're talking about Jesus, that's the whole... Death couldn't hold him down. He, he rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit fell upon us on Pentecost. What would you do? Well, man, we baptized somewhere in that message talking about Jesus, Philip drilled home the point of baptism. How do you know that? Because, here's what it says, so Philip proceeded to tell him the good news 
about Jesus beginning from that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? Follow me here. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a theologian. I'm just reading what happened. Okay? Guy's having revival. The Lord calls him to, to because he, he called this Ethiopian, chose him, and he begins to preach Jesus to him. The very next thing out of that Ethiopian's mouth is, wait a minute, there's water. What hinders me from being baptized? I will ask you, do you think Philip declared how important baptism was to that Ethiopian? Obviously. Because he wouldn't have said, uh, you know, it's a, oh, wait, he didn't talk about communion, right? He didn't talk about, I don't know, tithing. He didn't talk about, you know, uh, uh, regular church attendance. Well, why? Because discipleship starts somewhere, right? There's other things that God will bring into our lives, if we, but it starts with you taking on the name of Jesus in a watery grave and your sin and your past being totally destroyed so that you are free. You're absolutely, those of you, the, the, you know, it's like, wow, you've been doing this 32 years. You're more holy than, than <laughs> no, no, not true. Those of you that have taken on the name of Jesus, that loved him, and, and, and realized you're called and chosen, there is not one above another here. It's just us being faithful to our calling. So, so, I will say it one more time before I go on. If you haven't been baptized, I am going to hound you. Not because, not because, you know, I'm, I, we want to put a check mark on, we baptized 15. I could care less, but I do care about you. I do care about you being what you're supposed to be. And, uh, well, do I have to do it in a crowd? We can do it anywhere you want, except the river in the wintertime. <laughs> November is the latest I will go. Uh, but, but, no, we got, we got heated water here. We can, anyways. You can do it in a crowd. You can do it by your whatever. But, but you're going to do it. You are going to do it. I'm, I'm going I'm to come up. Anyway. Do you know Peter commanded them to be baptized? They, they received the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, and, and he said, hey. He said to his Jewish brethren there, because uh, it was always only the Jews getting the Holy Ghost, he said to uh, those who came on, hey, man, who can forbid water? That these shouldn't be baptized as well. He was preaching the gospel to these guys. And the Holy Ghost falls. Like, whoa, great, good, see you next time. No, he said, wait a minute. Let's seal the deal here. Let's seal the deal. Hey, can he man forbid water? Nope. And so he looks at them, he says, we're going to the river. Or you're getting back. He didn't say, well, what do you think? And, and I'm, I got to ask you what you think because I, I can't, I don't have that much authority. But in that moment, because God's, and you got to read it, it's an incredible event. 
in the history of the church. In that moment, those men were wide open to what uh, Peter was going to say because it was divine revelation that brought Peter into that house. And when he got all done, he had the authority to say, you're getting baptized. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to tell you, you're getting baptized. <laughs> Why? Because it's about being a disciple. Right? Uh, so, one more thing here. And I do have just a few minutes. That, that's the process. That, that begins the discipleship, being, being filled with the Spirit, all of these things. But I, I, want, I want to share one more scripture with you, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. How many of you have ever felt that rest from him? He said, all of you, take, say all of you, all of you, all of you. Okay, he's awful bossy too, you know, right? You you can't be that bossy. He's bossy. If you're going to be a disciple, right? He said, all of you, take my yoke and learn from me. Okay, and let me tell you how most people read this. That Jesus would say, all of you, take up my yoke and learn about me. There's a lot of people that learn about him. But being a disciple is learning from him. Okay? So let me just finish. He said, all of you, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me tell you, this is a go-to scripture to me. As a disciple of Christ, when life becomes too heavy for me, I realize that I'm carrying something that's not his. Because his yoke is what? Easy. And his burden is what? Light. And this life, living for God, is amazing. Why? Because we're His. And you that walk around, and I'm telling you, I know there's times that we're brought low in our lives, and that's okay. There's times of loss and grieving. But if you're consistently there, you're not. You're, you're carrying somebody else's yoke. And you shouldn't be. I say that with passion. Because He wants it in your life. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. But what happens too many times in our, in our pursuit of discipleship, we're learning about Him instead of from Him. Learning from Him is an entirely different platform. There's an, a lot of people out there, present company included, that can tell you about Him. Right? And not everybody has it right. I never had a clear, I didn't have a clear picture of him, and I probably still don't have a completely clear picture. I don't know probably about it. He's going to lead and guide us into truth, but sometimes, you know, you, 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 you default back to some religious tradition. Some of you come out of, a, you know, mainstream religion that told you about him, and they did not give you a clear picture of who he is. And what he's calling you to be is a disciple. He's calling you to be that. 
And the best thing that this preacher can do, this assembly can do, is introduce you to him so that you're not living in condemnation, so that you can learn from him. I realize that there are times, even today, if the anointing is here and the spirit and the gift is here, that you're, well, no, that's you, pastor. No, it is a gift from God. And, and, and what you do with that, as the preacher preaches and it touches your heart. How many of God's touched your heart this morning? Okay, listen to me. There's more that happens. When you're all done and we sing a song, and after, the, it's that preacher that steps up in your brain, in your spirit. It's when, the, it's when he begins to take what's been spoken here and make it a part of who you are. That's learning from him. Not about, I'm not here to tell you just about him. I want you to know him. That's discipleship. The way that I believe God wants it to be in our lives. Say, so, well, I, 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 you know, I'm scared. That's why you need to be baptized. Because that just takes away the past. Then you're there. Poof. Father, I am just open to you, and I just trust you completely. All right, I got more to say later. Stand with me. Take my yoke. Take up my yoke. You know what a yoke is? All you old farmers out there, people that have got horses. They used to how you used to how you hook the load to the horse. He said, "Take my yoke." In other words, whatever burden that God you know is going to put on on your life. Some of you have been carrying some pretty heavy burdens that the world's put on you. And he said, look, man, you can just set that aside. He said, strap onto what I've got here. And I'm going to tell you what, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Life can bring you some pretty tough stuff. But if you believe in the power of the resurrection... I don't care how much I miss him, but I'm going to see that old guy again. That just brings joy. I'm going to see her again. I am. So I can be like, oh, this is terrible. No, this is life. One of these days, it'll be my turn. And man, I'm going to, what a rejoice, what a rejoicing that will be. What a day that, why? Why? Because I believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead and because he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Woo! You know what? That makes him worth following. Hmm. Father, I thank you again for the words of life. Jesus, who are you, you're able, Lord, to just, just lift us at every turn at every place of our life. And I, I just speak your, your grace upon my brothers and sisters. Lord, those that have not yet been obedient to the waters of baptism, that they would, 
uh, just follow you in discipleship. Those of you, uh, th- those that are here, Lord, that, that just uh, are carrying things they're not meant to carry, that they would learn not of you, but learn from you. And learn to carry the things that you've called us to carry. Nothing more. Nothing more. God, you're good. Oh, God, you're good. God, you're good. Jesus, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, he's not done. Now that that spirit, this is where you learn from him. When you take the word that he's spoken and you let him speak and you let him just make it a part of who you are. So we're going to sing and we're going to pray together. If you need healing, I'm telling you, he is in the house to heal. If you need deliverance, if you just need somebody to love on you, he's in the house to love on you. My God, I bless you. My God, I thank you, Jesus. Take some time to pray before you leave. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new messages are released. And remember to visit gatewaylive.org for more information.